This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. About 20 podcasts back, I did a podcast, it's number 94 if you want to go check it out, that was titled, All You Need Is Love. And in that podcast, I asked four questions. Do you love your job? Do your employees love their job? Do your customers love your employees? And finished up with, do your employees know that your customers love them? But I forgot one serious question, and that was, do you love your employees? Or better yet, does your contact center leadership team love your employees? Welcome to podcast 114. The title of this podcast is Love First. They're not rental cars. And it's the first of three podcasts that I'm going to do on love. And this first one titled Love First is exactly that, loving your employees first. And they're not rental cars. And you've heard me say this before if you've listened to my podcast. We have a tendency in this industry for the longest time to treat our employees like rental cars. We just can't come to accept them and bring them in because we just don't know how long they're going to be with us. And so because we look at them as short term, we don't ever really take ownership. I I feel like we should call them Hertz or Avis or Dollar or Thrifty or National and You know, with rental cars, when you rent a rental car, you're not interested in the car itself. You're not interested in its future. You've got no ties to it, no commitment, no expectations, and certainly no investment. I think I've told the story before that I actually was at a training program a long, long time ago, and I saw one of the guys in my training class that was actually running his rental car through the car wash because he was taking care of it, which just seemed nuts. And I feel like sometimes... We just have lost our way when it comes to employees. Not everyone. And and if you ask the question, do you love your employees? Almost everybody says yes, but I'm not sure we really do. And the reason for that is that when we look at at our employees like rental cars, when when we see them as short term, when we just know they're just not going to stick around for a really long time, it manifests itself in so many negative ways. I mean, the first one is we're, we're just unwilling to invest in them because we just don't know how long they're going to be with us. And and why would you invest in something that's not going to be with you for a while? Sometimes it manifests itself in the fact that we're we're not harder on them or as hard as we should be or as challenging as, as we should be or as invested as we should be because they're just going to leave anyway. So why put in the extra effort to help them achieve that next level because they're just not going to be with us? We don't trust them. And we don't trust them because we think they're going to leave. And so there's just this this sense of brevity that, that keeps us from, from going all, all in. You know what? When someone's short-term, you're unwilling to give your heart to them. 
you're just unwilling to go all in with them and, and, and to truly share and to be transparent and to connect because we're just not sure they're going to stick around. And maybe you're the kind of leader where, where you say, well, man, I, I could do that with most of them. But as soon as I find out they've got poor performance or I begin to think they're not going to make it, I, I start to shy away. You know, what you end up doing is you end up holding back. You don't commit. They're not worth the investment. You think they're passing through. And, and in reality, it actually is the true definition of what really part-time is. I've said this quote multiple times. It comes from Herb Kelleher. They asked him why he was so successful at Southwest Airlines. And he said, you know what? We love our employees and our employees love our customers. And when you have that much love going around, you can make a whole lot of money. So I want to talk to you today about three things that you can do to, to be all in in loving first. Because if you do love your employees first, they will love your customers. And when you have that much love going around, you can do amazing, amazing things. So let's talk about how to love first. First up, the way that you love your employees is how you communicate to them. And there are really two big ones that count above all else when it comes to communication. The first way that you love your employees is that you tell them the truth. You have to be an organization that's truthful, that tells the truth to your employees, good, bad, confident, concerned. Things are gonna be really great. Things are gonna be really, really bad. You're not going to make it. You're teetering. You need to put more effort for us. We need to communicate the truth with our employees. And sometimes I think we have a tendency to think that one of the ways that we love our employees is by not telling them the truth, by trying to shield them from what's going on. And let's make a, a, a distinction. Your responsibility is to protect them. You're the one that stands in front of them when they've got a challenge. You're the one that makes sure that they've got the tools and the skills necessary to do their job. You are the person that gets in front of them to protect them. But I don't want to shield them from reality. I don't want to shield them from the challenges. One of the ways I find this happens all the time is that our new hire class looks nothing like what it looks like on the floor. And we shield them because we try to see if we can get them encouraged and get them excited. And then when they get encouraged and excited, then they get out on the floor and they find out what the real world is all about. So one of the ways that we show love in our communication is that we tell them the truth. Are you telling them the truth? And I'm not talking about telling them every single thing that's going on. There's an old biblical term, which is the truth in love. I tell them the truth in a way that shows love to them by preparing them, by being honest with them, by being candid with them, by being clear with them, by showing them the areas that they need to work on in order for them to be successful, by showing them the ways that, that their numbers or their performance is unacceptable and it needs to be better but also showing them that by putting in the work and putting in the effort, here's the truth of the benefits that they can receive by being successful as well. The second of the big two besides truth is how you communicate to them with their leader. Let's talk the front lines for starters. Are the people that are leading your front line, do they actually know how to lead? I mean, this podcast is designed specifically for many of those folks to learn and to grow and to become better at their jobs. Are you investing in that group? Do you really have great leaders? You've heard me say this before. Are, are your leaders being stolen by other companies, by BPOs? Because you've got such a strong program. You create such strong leaders that everybody wants them. And if nobody's poaching your leaders, that tells you a little bit about what sort of a leadership program you have. But there's no better way to communicate the love that you have for your employees than the people that directly lead them. 
Maybe that's you. Maybe you're one level up, two levels up, three levels up. Are you a competent leader that's the kind of person that can show and communicate the company, communicate what your customers think, communicate their performance to them, to connect with them, to connect them with other employees, to connect them with the company? All those things come out of your leader. How well does your leader and the selection of your leader and the leaders that you have in place reflect your love for your employees in putting them first? We also communicate adult and professional with them. And that really goes in line with telling them the truth. I think sometimes we have a tendency to, to not be professional with them. Some, many times if you're in the front line, it's an entry-level position. It's your first job. Maybe they're young. Maybe they're new in the workforce. And we have a tendency to talk down to them or not to have the expectations for them that we would expect from them, whether they've been there six months or six years. We need to communicate adult, which means we need to communicate professionally to them. And of course, we're doing that by being truthful. The next thing that we need to communicate with them as a stakeholder. See, they have a stake in your success. They have a stake in their company's success. They have a stake in their peers' success. And of course, they have a stake in their success. Your ability to communicate with them as a stakeholder shows that, that they have ownership in the company. They're going to be around. They're going to be with you which is a perfect segue into the last area that you communicate love to them, is you communicate with them about their future. Rental cars, we don't talk about their future, but employees, from the very start and all the way through, we communicate about their future. Our expectations for them, our expectations for the organization, our expectations for the team, what your vision is for them, how they fit into the organization, and, and where you see them in their future. When you communicate to them about their future, about the organization's future, whether they've been with you for a month, whether they've been with you for a year, whether they're on a PIP or not, when you communicate to them about their future and your future as an organization, you're loving them because you're showing them their first, you're, you're bringing them inside, you're peeling away the veil so that they can see where they're going. Because if they don't know where they're going, they're not going to be able to position themselves and how they fit in your future. Because we want their future to be part of our future going forward. The second way that you communicate love first is the opportunity that you give them. And that starts with an opportunity to grow in your organization. You have to have an organization that has some sort of a career path for your employees. Now, the natural ones are to become a supervisor if they're on the front line or a supervisor or a call center manager or maybe into quality monitoring or maybe into HR or some other department that you have. Or maybe it's to be a level two or a level three. Or maybe it's just to be a senior frontline person that becomes a leader and a, and a mentor or somebody that gets a, a better shift or advances to being part-time or advances being able to work out of home or advances to being a team lead or whatever the combination is of growth. Now, everybody's not going to fit. Some people are going to want to grow to be in marketing. They're going to want to grow to be president of the United States or president of your company. But that career path, that ability to be able to show them their opportunity to grow in your organization is so important. And if you have an organization where people can actually leave your contact center and go into other parts of the organization, that is a huge plus and something that you ought to be spending a lot of time talking about it. Maybe in your meetings, you lament the fact that you lose so many people to other departments, 
But man, what a great way to get people in. You should have some of the best contact center employees in the world if they can actually advance through your organization. The other way the opportunity to give them is an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to get better, to get better, to build their skills, to build their information, maybe to build some career skills or information that they might need to either advance in your company or somewhere else. The opportunity for someone to get better in your organization, whether that's a better job, more money, or just to learn is so important and something that you need to have and you have to plan out and have an opportunity for them to do. We also need to give them an opportunity to connect with others. And that connection is so critical to people sticking around. You know, you don't need to have five friends in high school or seven friends in high school. You just need one. You need one person to protect you from the bullies and the mean girls. You've got to connect them with other people in the organization. It's so important that they connect up to other people. And that's an opportunity that you need to give them and you need to be purposeful about doing. And of course, they need to have an opportunity to be a part of your team. A part of your team that's a contributing part of your team. If there are things they can do outside of the front line or supervisors may be able to pick up other challenges or other goals or be on a project or do some extra work. Any of those things that gives them an opportunity to be a part of what it is you're doing is so important to putting them first. And then also, we never need to lose sight of the fact that we don't want our contact center to be an island. We want it to be integrated with the rest of the organization. Bringing people into giving them the opportunity to connect with other parts of the organization, bringing other parts of the organization in to talk about what they do or what opportunities they have there or the impact that the contact center has on them or just merely to exchange information for both organizations to grow. Perhaps maybe able to meet a friend in another part of the organization that I just don't see when I'm in the contact center. Opportunity is something that makes people stick around. It makes people recognize, hey, I'm special, we're special. I'm somewhere where they care about us. I'm somewhere where we make a difference. It's that kind of opportunity that keeps people coming back. It allows them to go back to their homes, to their communities and say, hey, you should consider working at this company. It's a great place to work. They communicate really well with us and they also provide us a, a great opportunity. And then the third area that the way we show our love is the attention that you give to them. How do we give them attention? First, we give them your time. Do you give them your time? Do you spend enough time? Do you cancel, do you cancel their one-on-ones because things are too busy and not reschedule them for the exact same time frame? Do, you, do leaders spend time with them? If you're an executive listening to this, do you spend time with the front line or with supervisors or whatever the level is that you need to? Do you bring other parts of the company in to spend time with them? When was the last time a senior executive was on the contact center floor? I hope it wasn't more than 30 or 60 days. They need to be down there a lot. They need to be walking the rows, meeting in team meetings, stepping into a huddle. And, and at all levels of the organization, the more time that you can spend with them, the better chance you have of giving them your attention which shows that you care about them, that shows that you're important to them. Another way that you give them your attention is with your resources. How much are you investing in their skills and their information? The tools that you give them to be successful. I'm gonna spend a lot more time talking about this next week because next week, the title of the message is Love Smart. So love first, number two is love smart. 
The resources that you invest shows the attention that you're giving them. You're an organization that in your workforce management, you've slotted time for coaching. You've slotted time for additional training or for career development. And not only have you slotted it, but you actually do it. The next way that we give them our attention is with your encouragement. You know, it's one thing to talk about encouragement or to be encouraging every once in a while. And it's another thing to have a culture of encouragement. Do you have a culture of encouragement? Do you encourage the people that work for you? Do they encourage the people that work for them? Do the people at whatever level encourage each other? Is it a culture that you have to shout out somebody's success or something that somebody's done or simply to just be there with them? Do you have a lot of empathy going on in your organization? You know, contact centers, at least on the front line, are wildly stressful and very repetitive. Empathy is huge. You know, people can thrive in those environments. There's some people that love it. They can't wait to be involved in it. It floats their boat. Well, if you can get enough of those people around, they, they can build and thrive together and they can encourage each other. And, and in order to encourage someone, you actually need to know what to encourage them about. So are, are you somebody that walks the floor or sits down for a coaching session and doesn't have the latest data to know how to encourage them? Having that kind of information at your fingertips prepared so that you can go know where to encourage somebody gives you the opportunity and the resources necessary for you to be encouraging. And then finally, in the area of encouragement, it has to be genuine. I mean, if it's something that you don't do very well, it is a professional skill that you can get better at. But being encouraging is a gift and a skill and something that if you practice it, you'll get much, much better at it. And again, if you've got the right information, then it's pretty easy to know what to encourage somebody about. And don't ever forget that everybody's got a different performance level. Everybody's got different challenges that are going on. Everybody has different at-home or personal problems that they're dealing with. Your ability to be able to encourage them right where they are, to give them the attention that they need in the area of encouragement is huge in helping to create the kind of environment that you want. And then the other way that you give them attention is by the way that you measure their impact. You want every single employee to be able to leave awake at your place. You know, no matter what their length of season is, if you give them the opportunity to make an impact on your organization, on your peers, on maybe the, the infrastructure that you have or the way that you do business, to have an impact on your customers, to have an impact on you, their leader or their other leaders, to have an impact on the organization as a whole, an impact on the community, that makes a difference. That allows them to leave awake, to leave something that they can look back and say, I did that. And, and when they know they did that and you know they did that, everybody wins. And one of the ways that we measure that impact is to give them an opportunity to leave a legacy. Do you measure legacy achievements? Do we keep track of them? Do you know how many people have 10,000 perfect scores or, or 100 scores in a row? Those are the kind of things that keep people stick around in order to hit the next level, to hit that next legacy level. We have customers that have 100,000 perfect scores, that have attendance that goes on for years of perfect attendance. They make a difference in your organization, which creates legendary moments that you need to archive. You need to write down, you need to keep track of, you need to re-communicate those to the new hire classes, to the people that have been with you for a while. When somebody does something special, mark it down, celebrate it, measure it, 
Keep track of it. When people begin to invest in and create a legacy in your organization, at whatever level that is, they stick around. And when they stick around, everybody wins because usually people that have legacy type numbers are people that are pretty good at what they do. And people that are pretty good at what they do become spectacular at what they do. And when you get a whole bunch of spectaculars in your organization, you're making progress. You're making changes. You're hitting your goals, which means for you, recognition and a promotion and maybe a raise and maybe a bonus and who knows what else might happen. You know, all too often, we have a tendency to treat our employees like rental cars. Hey, Hertz, come on over here. Oh, there's an Avis. They're on their way out the door. Because we, we're just not sure they're going to stick around. Because we're not sure they're going to stick around or maybe we have a history of really high turnover. We hold back. As opposed to loving our employees first. Loving our employees first so that they can love our customers. And we love our employees with our attention, with our resources, and with how they communicate to them. Can you feel the love at your organization? Are you someone that's exhibiting that love? Are you someone that's leading that love in your organization? Man, I hope you are. Listen, it takes a lot of hard work and effort to be a great leader. And it takes a lot of focus as well. And, and this is an area, loving first, a focus that has amazing rewards and, and huge return on your investment. Do you have a mentor that's come alongside you? Have you found one yet? Are they pushing you? Do you need to ask them to push you a little harder? Are you seeing results? Have you taken it on to mentor somebody else? I hope you have. And if you have, I'd love to know about either one of those stories. Reach out to me. Let me know that you picked up a mentor, that you're mentoring someone and, and share with me some of those stories. I'd love to do a podcast specifically on examples of where you've mentored or been mentored and the results of those. I, I think people would love to hear those things. Love first. It's the first of a three-part series. Next week, I'm going to tell you how to love smart. Let's take some ownership of our employees. They're not rental cars. Love them first. They'll love your customers. Everybody wins. It's been great to talk to you this week. Look forward to talking to you next. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.